right, today we're going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verses 46 through 52. The Bible says, when they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples in a great multitude, uh, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And by the way, when it says the son of Timaeus, that's what Bartimaeus means. So he was the son of Timaeus, so we don't even know what his name is. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called. They called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and follow Jesus on the road. So um, just kind of a way of background, one of the foundational tenets of the Christian faith is that Jesus not only shed his blood for the salvation of those who believe, but he also paid the price at Calvary for those who believe to be healed. Yeah. Psalms 103 verse 3, he forgave all your iniquities who heals all your diseases Matthew 8 16 and 17 when evening had come they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses so we also know in in saying that that God has in our minds ways of doing things and i was going to say peculiar ways of doing things he doesn't do things the way we would do them he doesn't think do things the way we think he should do them in fact it says in isaiah 55 my ways are not your ways right so what's important is we've got to learn the ways of god it says in psalms 103 verse 7 he made known his ways to moses and his acts to the children of israel so i want to I see his acts in the Bible. We get to witness his acts from time to time. But it's my belief that if we learn his ways, we can see more of his acts. Right? And so that's one of the things that I, I pray for. I pray that God would show me his ways. But it's also one of the things that I hope to be able to teach us. And how God heals can vary. We're going to limit this tonight, the word of knowledge, to healing. But the word of knowledge is not limited to healing. You can have words of knowledge about anything. God can give you a word of knowledge about, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, and we'll get into what a word of knowledge is when it comes to business, when it comes to school, when it comes to all sorts of things. We're just going to limit it to the context of healing because that's what the passage talks about. This particular passage that we chose is talking about the, what we're going to look at as a word of knowledge as it relates to healing. So how God heals can vary, but what we want to focus on today is healing that's instigated via a word of knowledge. First point that we're going to look at is the good news. Now, the, the Bible says they came to Jericho and uh, blind Bartimaeus sat by the road begging. When he heard that it was Jesus, he began to cry out. And uh, many warned him to cry, but he cried out all the more. Now, Jesus went throughout all Galilee proclaiming and teaching uh, the good news of the kingdom, uh, healing all those that came to him. And as he did so, many people were transformed uh, not just through the message, but through the healings that took place. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but it, even John says, if we said everything that Jesus did, 
the whole world couldn't contain the volumes uh, uh, that, it, that would be generated. I mean, I, I, Jesus was just everywhere he went. It wasn't like, you know, we sporadically, and we're grateful when we do that, sporadically see a healing or a miracle take place in our life. Jesus, everywhere he went, I just, he went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed because God was with him. And so uh, every, every healing uh, uh, that, he, that happened through his touch, through his word, was a transformed life. And these people whose lives were transformed, I believe as they received from the Lord, they became instant spreaders of the good news of Jesus as they went around telling their stories of what God had done in their lives. Now you got to realize most people at this time, we have Bibles, we lift our Bibles, we declare this is my Bible, I am what it says I am, I can do what it says I can do. Most people at the time didn't have Bibles. They would go to the synagogue, they'd hear, they had to be very good if they wanted to learn the Word of God, they had to memorize it, they had to uh, remember what was spoken to them. And so they couldn't go around preaching sermons. They didn't, they didn't have access to the scrolls that the rabbis had access to. And, and so what they did have access to was they had access to their testimonies. Uh, I was crippled. Jesus came into my village. He saw me. He spoke to me, asked me to get up, uh, commanded me to get up. I got up, and I'm walking today because of what Jesus did in my life. This example of a testimony of, of somebody that might have been touched by the Lord. Imagine the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, you know, um, I, 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 I was, uh, for 18 years, uh, was it her life, 18 years? Yeah, uh, maybe 12 years, I can't remember her life. But she had, for, for a significant, significant amount of time, she uh, was uh, dealing with an issue of blood, uh, heard about Jesus coming into the village, and probably had heard the good news that Jesus had been healing the sick, had been touching people, changing people's lives, says, if I can just get to Jesus, I'll be made well, touches his garment, and she gets up and she tells, didn't want to tell everybody, but Jesus made her tell who touched me, and from then on, I believe she kept telling people, Jesus touched me, and he healed me, I spent all my money on doctors and, and all these, uh, uh, you know, apothecaries, uh, you know, all these different methods of being healed, none of them helped, but Jesus came by, touched me in an instant, I'm, I'm changed and I'm different. Right, so as they be, as they receive from the Lord, I mean, one other that I always talk about all the time is the guy that was uh, we were talking about it at the table, uh, the guy that was delivered from demons and went into the pigs and wanted to go be with Jesus. Jesus said, "No, you go back and you tell everybody what I've done for you." Uh, didn't go to Bible school. Didn't uh, have certification. Certify. Uh, uh, he wasn't certifiable. <laughs> uh, you know, he didn't have a minister's license, didn't have ordination, didn't go through uh, online uh, Bible school, didn't go to school of ministry, didn't have any of that. What he did have is he had a testimony, yeah. right? And the thing was, he went and spread the good news throughout all the Decapolis. The word Decapolis means the ten cities. Throughout all the ten cities, he told Jesus, uh, the, everybody, what Jesus had done for him. And I believe because of that, the next time Jesus been, went back into that region, everybody heard Jesus was coming, and they came, and they brought their sick to Jesus so that he could heal them. That's the power of a testimony. So apparently this man, Bartimaeus, who we don't even know what his name is, he's just the son of Timaeus, had heard the reports of Jesus, had heard the reports about the good news, and he began to call out to the Lord that he too would receive a, a, a supernatural touch from God. Now, we need to realize, I'm going to bring this to us, just kind of throw this in there because it's important that we understand, we are the only gospel 
we are the only good news that many people will hear. We think, well, there's Christian television. When you were in the world, how many of y'all watched Christian television? Most people that watch Christian television, there's a reason it has the word Christian in there. Are Christians, right? <laughs> the, the lost. Now, we, I'm not saying that some unbelievers don't watch Christian television, but for the most part, they're not looking to get saved. They're not, they, you know, they don't know what to do. Uh, the reality is most people hear about God because somebody in their life told them. And if we tell them what God has done for us, we are a living, breathing, visible manifestation of the good news before their eyes. And now, while God can do anything without us, He has chosen us to be His instruments in telling others about who He is and what He wants to do in the lives of His people, thus creating an opportunity for not just we receive, because somebody told us, somebody told me, and I receive. Now, we, if we don't return the favor, the Bible says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. We have, uh, to, who much has been given, much is required. We have been given, and now we've got to learn how to give back of what God has given to us. And so uh, we have to tell them the good news. You don't have to be a Bible student. You don't have to be ordained, just like I said before. All you got to do is tell them what God has done for you. Your testimony is the most powerful gospel that many times people need to hear. Yeah. Romans 10, 14. I say that. Now I'm going to be kind of a pastor here. Uh, getting testimonies from you guys is like pulling teeth. And so every once in a while, I'm going to take the opportunity to let you know that, that you know, people don't always want to listen to me but they'll listen to you. They don't always want to listen to a sermon, but they'll listen to your testimony. And so we have to learn how to give our testimonies, and we got to let the enemy stop robbing us of the most powerful tool that we have to reach the lost. Oh, people have heard it before. Oh, you know, uh, 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 I want to do, I'm tired of giving the same old testimony. Well, to you it's the same old testimony, but to the one receiving it, that's powerful. We have to learn how to be, uh, to, you know, if we pass out tracts, you know, one of the ways to, to witness to the lost is pack out, pass out tracts. Do you know you're giving the same track over and over and over again, and you don't ever say, oh, they don't want to hear that. Oh, they've already heard that. No, you just pass out the track. You pass out. The Why do we think that about our testimony? Right. We need to continue to hand out and to pass out our testimony. Apparently, somebody had done that, and Bartimaeus heard, and when Bartimaeus heard, and he heard that Jesus was coming by, it sparked something in him. Romans 10, 14, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom of, of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher or somebody to tell them? Don't get hung up on the word preacher. How shall they hear without someone who gives them a test, without someone to give them a testimony? You hear what I'm saying? So that brings us to our second point, the good news and a word of knowledge. So the Bible says when he was passing this way, blind Bartimaeus was calling out to him. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. So Bartimaeus was calling out to Jesus, and when Jesus heard him, he stopped. And I want you to notice that he commanded Bartimaeus to be called. How did Jesus command Bartimaeus to be called? He didn't call Bartimaeus. He spoke to one of his disciples.
to talk to Bartimaeus. You hear what I'm saying? Jesus spoke to one of his inner circle to call him, and this disciple, whoever it was, was then commissioned to bring this news to the person that Jesus was calling for. This is a great illustration of what a word of knowledge is and what the word of knowledge is for. The gift of the word of knowledge, if we define that, refers to a supernatural knowledge of facts that does not come through study, research, experience, or any human means. Often involves some, some knowledge of something God desires to do or is about to do in a particular situation. Jesus walked in this gift often throughout his ministry on earth. There's a couple of examples I'll give you about Jesus and the word of knowledge. The, one of the first ones I want to give you is, is when, he, when he went into a town of Jericho. And when he went into a town of Jericho, there was a wee little man. And this wee little man climbed this great big tree. And he was in this great big tree. And what happened? Jesus, <laughs> I'm just trying to get your attention. What happened? Jesus walked by. See what happens when you get chilly, y'all like. Okay, so Jesus walks by and he looks up in the tree and what does he say? Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. Now why is this important? And why was this an illustration of a word of knowledge? Well, what, you know, uh, first of all, Jesus called him by name. There is no indication in scripture that Jesus had any prior knowledge of Zacchaeus. Hearing what I'm saying? So how did he know his name? Word of knowledge. Spirit of the Lord revealed that to him. And Jesus was doing here what the Holy Spirit can and will enable us to do as well. Now, I want you to know that uh, uh, there's a lot of things that can come with the word of knowledge. But sometimes you don't know if you had a, a word of knowledge if you don't test the word of knowledge. Right? So um, I, I'm not always, um, I, I know when I get in the pulpit, you may think, oh, Pastor Rick, you know, he's got a lot of faith. Well, I, it's not that I don't have faith, but sometimes uh, I'm, I'm more bold in here uh, uh, with a group of people. Some of y'all, this is the worst place you could ever be because you say, I hate, I can't stand being in front of people. I don't want to talk in front of people. I'm so scared to be in front of people. But if I go out there and you talk to people one on one, you guys have a lot of faith, got a lot of boldness. I'm the opposite. But a lot of times what will happen, have you ever, uh, I, just an example, and I've, I've thought to test it, I haven't tested it, but have you ever walked by somebody and thought to them, that reminds me of, we'll just pick a name, that reminds me of Charlotte, right? I don't know why, that woman reminds me of Charlotte. You know, and there's no reason for you to think that woman reminds you of Charlotte, you just said there's something about her that reminds me of Charlotte. Have you ever thought to test that maybe this woman's name might be Charlotte? Or, there's a particular characteristic about Charlotte that God wants you to know that's in this woman as well. That can be a word of knowledge. Well, how do I know it's a word of knowledge? You'll never know it's a word of knowledge unless you take a risk. That's how you grow on the word of knowledge, by learning how to, uh, 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 um, how to recognize what God is doing in your life. We have all these thoughts going on in our minds and we often think that when God's giving you a word of knowledge, you're going to feel something or there's going to be a great light shine on you from heaven or you're going to have uh, music, angelic music playing or there's going to be an angel there saying word of knowledge, word of knowledge, word of knowledge and none of that happens. It's just a regular thought. 
it's just something in your mind. And how do I know it's a word of knowledge? You got to test it. You got to be. You got to. You got to have ears to hear and eyes to see and recognize that God, if you're asking God to use you in that, then you've got to believe that God will use you in that and 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 be open to things running through your mind things happening in your life that may not just be noise or it may not just be thoughts it might actually be God trying to get through to you you ask for a word of knowledge I'm trying to give you a word of knowledge but you've got to learn how to distinguish my voice right now this is a good place I didn't uh, mean well let me finish this one first okay so anyway there's no indication in scripture that Jesus had any prior knowledge of Jesus second Jesus Zacchaeus was hated by the townspeople he was a tax collector tax collectors were hated by the Jews because they were they were Jews that were working for the Romans who were oppressing the Jews with taxation and not only were they uh, making money taking money to the Romans but they were also padding their own pockets as well right so he had a deep need for acceptance and human companionship and Jesus said I'm coming to your house today right so anyway uh, I just want you to see that this is more than just this account is more than just hey man it's just Jesus felt like going and 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 being at his house no he had a word of knowledge that this is where I'm supposed to be and this is who this guy is and it opened a door for Zacchaeus to get saved we'll say the word saved uh, uh, come to a knowledge of God recognize that Jesus was the Messiah and then it changed his life and the lives of the people around him because he said if I've defrauded anybody and pretty much what he's saying I've defrauded a lot of people you know I'm not I'm gonna make it up to them so it changed his life and their life as well now a uh, good place to stop I mean I, I hadn't planned on doing this but I might as well tell you how what is a word of knowledge how do you know I've had a word of knowledge well there's nothing in the Bible that says this is how you get a word of knowledge there's nowhere in there that says that it just talks about uh, people have uh, divine information that's given to them so uh, but but there have been people that have done studies and they've kind of find out that there are kind of patterns that follow along the line and without realizing it people the Lord uh, is showing people how to do things and when they think about it well how did you know it was a word of knowledge and and they began to think about it they began to write things down and there's kind of seven things that might be in your mind if you don't realize it might be a word of knowledge and how a word of knowledge can be communicated to you some people can read a word of knowledge and we're, we're talking about you actually see words over people right now um, I've never had that happen but uh, but I've known that there are people that have had that happen they actually see a word over something they can see uh, uh, discouraged you know or they might see uh, you know something else over them but they actually with their physical eyes it doesn't mean that there's a bit they can physical eyes they see a word over them or you can think it you know uh, I've told you a story about Doug and that word I just had the word colon coming into my mind and I've been praying about it and I said does anybody here have a problem with their colon and Doug says yes <laughs> I still laugh every time I think about that but you know what God healed him you know but I just had a thought I had a, a thought go through my mind I didn't realize it but you know the, the idea was how often have you been in this position and never thought of that word never so might be God right uh, or another thing is you might see it now that happens to me quite a bit when I talk about seeing it I see it in my mind's eye I'll see a, a kind of like if I asked you to picture in your mind's eye just close your eyes and picture a pink elephant you could probably or a picture a gorilla you probably see a picture of a gorilla not really see it it's just in your mind's eye 
That's how it happens to me a lot. I get a picture in my mind's eye. Well, how do I know it's God? How do I know it's not? You have to take a risk, right? Another way, uh, a guy named Randy Clark, he, he feels uh, uh, words of knowledge. And the older you get, this becomes less reliable. <laughs> because, uh, uh, you know, oh, I feel a pain in my foot. You know, um, is that somebody else's pain or is that my pain, you know? Uh, because a lot of times what will happen is you'll begin to feel something. Uh, you might feel a pain, and, and, and how you say, well, how do I know, if, you know, if that's a word of knowledge? Do you normally feel a pain there? Um, is it there sporadically just uh, for a little bit? Does it come and go just in a, a particular uh, time when you're around somebody? Do you just feel that pain there? So I never thought about that. I just thought I had pain. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand is that you may have a word of knowledge and not even realize it's a word of knowledge because we're not paying attention, right? And so as we learn to pay attention and recognize, if we can just get you to a place where you say, I wonder if that might be a word of knowledge. And you might ask somebody, well, you got a pain right there, but it's not normally, I don't normally have pain right there. You know, I guess I'm just getting old. Could be. Or if you're around somebody that you haven't been around before and you, you know, your, your ears start throbbing and, and you may think, oh, there's that allergy again, but it's just there for a second and gone. But you're around somebody, you might sit there and ask them, do you have a problem with your ear? Is it bothering you? And if they say yes, you just had a word of knowledge. You had the word of knowledge, you just recognized that you had a word of knowledge, right? So you can feel it. Another way you can ha happen is you can dream it. I think Bobby has a lot of dreams, but you can actually dream something before it happens, you find yourself in the situation that was in your dream and you recognize, hey, I've been here before, and, and what if you, in your dream you went over to somebody and you talked to them, or you went over to somebody and you knew their name was Jim, or you went over to somebody and you prayed for them, then you recognize, hey, I had a word of knowledge, I'm supposed to do this, right? Or another way you can do it, and, uh, and, and there might be more ways, I'm just trying to give you a few, is you can experience it. Uh, to me, I don't believe in coincidence. I just don't believe in coincidence. I believe God uh, orchestrates that. And so if I see something again and again, like if I, I met three people today named Bob, you know, um, I'm not talking about meeting Bob three times. I'm talking about <laughs> I met three different people named Bob. I, maybe there's something about Bob. Or, uh, uh, you know, you, you're, you're going along and, and uh, you ever been through this cycle where you see a number over and over and over and over again? Right? 11-11. Uh, Why do I keep seeing 11-11? 11-11. You go through scripture and it could be a number of things, but the one scripture that comes to my mind is uh, Hebrews 11-11. And the Lord actually speaks to me a lot of times through, double, through, the, through the consequence, uh, uh, how do you call it, through, through doubling of numbers. Or, or seeing a certain numbers a specific amount of times, 11, 11. Uh, Sarah, by, Sarah herself received faith. Uh, no, Sarah herself received power to conceive even beyond the proper time of life for God, for, for God was faithful, for she considered him. Let me go there, <laughs> right? Let me go there. For she considered him faithful who had promised. All right? And so, um, well, why would that scripture come to mind? Well, maybe God's trying to tell you something through that scripture uh, about yourself, or he might be telling you through that scripture about somebody else. You know, I don't know. But, th but those are examples that, that come to mind as far as what a word of knowledge can be. And so you might actually, we actually prayed last year that God would um, 
impart, and we'll do that again today, and activate in your lives words of knowledge. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, I haven't had any since then. I, I thought I was going to work. But maybe you have, maybe you just haven't recognized it. Right? And maybe that's why he's wanting me to preach this again. I don't know. So in John 1, through 50, Jesus had another word of knowledge when he saw Nathanael coming toward him. And he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said, How do you know me? And Jesus said to him, I saw you while you were sitting under a fig tree. When Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Right? Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you're the son of God. What did it do? It sparked faith in him. Right? You're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Now, when I was typing this up, and I know, I'm just telling you that sometimes the Lord talks to me this way. I know the scripture is what Jesus means. I know he means that you're excited because I did this. You're going to see me do other things as well. But I believe the Lord was kind of talking to me through the scripture, through a play on words. He said, you will see. See how Jesus is saying, because you have seen me do things, but I'm telling you that you will see greater things than these. It doesn't say you will see me do greater things than these. He said you will see greater things than these. Now I wonder if that, you know, that could be just a, a something that God's talking to me, but I wonder if there may be some truth to that. Well, the disciples that were there, you know, uh, God began to manifest uh, the words of knowledge through them. Peter manifested the gift when he supernaturally knew that Ananias and Sapphira had lied about the proceeds of their property. God revealed that to him. Ananias in Damascus had a word of knowledge that Saul, who was persecuting the church, had just been converted to Christ and was temporarily blinded but would be healed by the laying on of hands. Paul had a word of knowledge while he was in Lystra that a crippled man listening to him had faith to be made well. And because of that word of knowledge, he said, well, how do you, you know, he saw that he had faith to be well. How do you see that somebody has faith to be made well? Uh, through a word of knowledge. And Paul acted on the word of knowledge, and he said, because he didn't believe, and then we're going to get this here in a minute, when God reveals information to you, it's not just so you'll know something. It's because he's wanting to do something. So if you see faith on somebody, it's an invitation to act. It's an invitation to respond. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not just, hey, thank you, Lord, for showing me what you're doing. It's no, he's showing you this so that you can have confidence because faith comes by hearing a word of knowledge, whether it's visual or auditory, is God speaking. And if God's speaking an information to you, it's because he wants to do something, right? So Paul hears or sees this man has faith to be healed. And what does Paul do? He says, stand upright on your feet. In boldness, he said, stand up right. And the man sprang up and he began to walk. Why? Because Paul knew he heard something. He, he figured, well, how do I know this man has faith? I'm sure he's probably prostituted, probably been used by God many times. He said, oh, the Lord's showing me that this man has faith to be healed. So I know God's will. And so if I know God's will, it gives me faith to say, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And what did the guy do? Stood up and walked. 1 John 5, 14 through 15, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask him anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we ask of him. The key in this verse is the phrase, according to his will. The word of knowledge is a means by which God makes us aware of what is his will in a particular situation. 
In the story of blind Bartimaeus, we have a great illustration of how a word of knowledge works. Bartimaeus uh, was looking for the Lord, looking towards God. He had a need. We can liken that to seeking the Lord in prayer or being in the position where he's hearing the word of God, hearing a testimony, something happened, and all of a sudden he noticed that Jesus uh, was walking with the disciples. He communicated. Uh, Jesus uh, was walking with his disciples. Jesus communicated his will not to Bartimaeus, but communicated his will to the disciples and said to him, go call him. When you have a word of knowledge, it might be something like I did the other day. There's somebody here. Do you have something on the top of your hand? What's happening when we do that, we need to not hear just, hey, there's a picture of somebody no, uh, with something on the top of their hands. No, we need to hear that Jesus is calling them. And as a congregation, we need to hear that Jesus is calling me. Whatever condition I'm in, whatever situation I'm in, if there's a word of knowledge that comes forth, something inside of us must register if it's relating to us and a condition that we have or a situation that we have, we need to, we need to look at it through, eye, through, through an eye of faith. Remember, we're learning the ways of God. It's not just knowledge, hey, he knows my name. It's no, God is calling uh, me through that person to let me know that he's going to do something or is doing something about my situation. That's what we need to hear. And when we get a word of knowledge, if we are the disciples, we can take courage and we can have faith in knowing that if God is revealing something to us, it's not just, again, so we can have more knowledge, uh, but it's so that we know God wants to do something about this and I can have faith on my part that if God is showing me this, it's because he's going to do something. Am I making sense? So it builds faith on the part of the person that gets the word of knowledge, and it builds faith on the part of the people that are hearing the word of knowledge. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. It doesn't say by hearing uh, uh, the word of the Lord. It'll say that later, but it says faith comes by hearing. And hearing, your capacity to hear, comes from the Word of God. The Word of God teaches us that God speaks, so if we're listening for God, we can hear God speak. When we hear God speak, it creates faith. You hear what I'm saying? So, uh, Bartimaeus is a great example of what a word of knowledge is like. So Jesus spoke to his disciples. His disciple communicated to Bartimaeus. Jesus did not go to Bartimaeus, but spoke to his disciples and sent him with a message, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Notice that's what the disciples said. Cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. In other words, he's going to heal you. Right? Did Jesus say he was going to heal him? No. He just said, go tell him and call him to me. But the disciples already knew if Jesus is calling him to him, it's because he's going to heal. Cheer up, get on your feet. You know, he's going to heal you. And we need to understand that that's what God wants to impart unto us, wants us to know, wants us to recognize so that we can act in hearing his voice in faith. Because see, the word of knowledge, that's the third point, the word of knowledge and faith. Now, it's faith on our part, 
But if you understand it correctly, it's also faith on the part that's hearing it. Because look at what Bartimaeus did. Bartimaeus, when the disciples came and gave him that knowledge, that word of communication, that word of knowledge from the Lord, and they said, cheer up, he's calling you. What did Bartimaeus do? It says, throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Oh, okay, so what's the big deal? He's wearing a blanket. No, this is a garment that was issued to him by the Sanhedrin, by the synagogue, that says, we've examined him, he is indeed blind, and so when he is begging for alms, he's not a scammer, he's telling you the truth, and the cloak that they give him is like his permit to be able to ask for alms. So this was a special cloak the synagogue had given him to, to identify him as a legitimate beggar worthy of receiving alms. If Jesus appeared to you and told you he wanted to heal you, would that affect you in any way? I'm not talking about, you know, just reading. I'm talking about if Jesus himself appeared and said, I'm going to heal you, how would you feel about that? What would you think? I'm getting healed today, right? Because Jesus is right here, and he's about to heal me. Uh, how would it affect you? Would you be feeling anything? Would you be excited? Would you have faith? Absolutely. If it were Jesus himself standing in front of you, would you have this excitement, this faith, even before you felt anything? Yeah, because it's Jesus, right? When you understand that a word of knowledge involves a modern-day disciple bringing Jesus' message of his desire to heal you, the result should be the same experience of excitement and faith in you. Right? Before you ever feel it, you know something's going to happen because Jesus is calling me. How do I know he's calling me? Because I just got a word of knowledge about my situation. And what did Bartimaeus do? He didn't wait to be healed to throw his cloak away. He threw his cloak away because he knew he was being healed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't need this anymore. Reminds me of Anna Joe. I don't want that walker anymore. I'm not, I'm not using that. Get that thing away from me. I'm not going to use that thing anymore. Right? Faith demonstrated. I don't believe she just decided to do that. I believe it was faith working in her life. And she said, I'm not going there anymore. For those of you all that know her story. So um, it reminds me, I talked to you about Randy Clark a little bit before. Randy Clark uh, uh, has a testimony that he shared about his wife. He says his wife was instantly healed after watching people being healed in church for three days, primarily through words of knowledge. On the following Sunday, after seeing this happen through the conference that they were having, the person ministering identified her condition in a word of knowledge. This morning, he said, while I was taking a shower, the Lord told me he was going to heal someone with TMJ. On hearing this word, she jumped out of her seat and yelled, That's me. She ran to the front, and when she got there, she felt embarrassed because she realized she hadn't been invited to come to the front. And then she realized when she got there that she had already been healed. No one, including the minister, had prayed for her. She had been healed by the faith the word of knowledge created in her. You hear what I'm saying? And, and that's one thing that I want us to recognize as well. As we recognize the ways of God and learn the ways of God, I want you to know that one of the things that we can learn is you don't have to be prayed for to be healed. 
We're here to pray for you. And God does heal when we pray for people. We know that. But I'm also believing that many of y'all, as you begin to feel the presence of God, you're going to feel the presence of God come on you while you're in the, in the service or while you're sitting there, whatever the case may be. And I'm telling you that you don't have to be prayed for to be healed. You can just believe right where you're at and say, Lord, I receive your healing in my life. All you got to do is receive it and you have permission to be healed before you even get prayed for. You say, well, I don't need permission to be healed. You're right. You don't need permission to be healed. But some of y'all want permission, and I'm telling you, you're free to get healed. I don't need the credit. I know what I can do. Nothing. How do you know? Because I've prayed for lots of people and seen nothing. And it's almost like God, God puts people through that training ground so we recognize that it ain't us. It's not me. I've tried, I've, ooh, eh, oh, work up that faith, eh, I had nothing. You've probably done the same thing, right? We're going to pray really hard about this one, right? You know, nothing, and it's a headache. Can't even get a headache healed. Yeah, it's not about you, it's the Lord. And sometimes we have to go through that to recognize, it's kind of when he said, who knows more, Rick, you or me? you who's really the healer he is now he did tell us to go heal the sick how do we heal the sick because we recognize his word we recognize his command and we recognize who it is that lives inside of us and we know his will is to heal the sick you, you understand what i'm saying but you will have much more you can have success i'm i'm, I'm getting off script here but you can have success through volume no, where you pray for lots of people. And in praying for lots of people, uh, let's say you pray for a thousand people, you might see 20, 30 people get healed. Praise the Lord, right? But you can also have success through learning to hear and follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life. As you get in tune with God and learn to, uh, to, to listen to God, then you begin to recognize uh, divine appointments, you began to recognize when God is leading you to do something, and as you follow the Spirit of God in your life, I, I, just, be, I just believe that you're going to see uh, more healings in those situations where you feel the presence of God, you feel the leadership of God, and I am in no way saying that you can't pray for people by faith without feeling anything. I'm just talking about when you know that you're being led by God, you get a word of knowledge, you flow in the gifts of the Spirit, you tend to see more things happen because you've got more faith for that. Because you know God's in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So there's several ways of getting healed. The reality is they're all good. They're good for the person that gets healed. Either one. We want people to get healed. Right? The volume one reminds me of that kid that's on a beach and it's full of starfish. And, and uh, you know, he's just throwing starfish back into the ocean. And an old man comes along and he says, why you bother? Don't bother doing that. It ain't going to accomplish anything. And the little kid had a lot of wisdom. He said, but it's going to make a difference to him. Yeah. Right? No, I don't want to discourage you from praying for the sick. I want to encourage you to pray for the sick. Because if you pray for 100 people and three get healed, don't focus on the 97 that didn't get healed. Focus on the three that did. Makes a difference to this one. Yeah. Right? 
And you don't know if that one person that got healed and because he got healed was open to God in his life, that person may turn out to be the next Dwight L. Moody or Billy Graham or you just don't know. Right? So what we need to learn how to do then is we need to learn how to partner with the word of knowledge. Jesus in verse 51, Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to receive my sight. I'm wanting you to understand the purpose of the word of knowledge so that we as a church, as a people, can learn to partner with him. Knowing how God works increases our ability to flow with him and increases the potential to see more people healed of their, 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 their problems. Just like with the word of knowledge, when someone gives a testimony, we must begin to see the testimony as God's way of making his will known. I want to I liken a testimony to a word of knowledge. That's actually, the Bible likens it to a prophecy. But I'm, I'm talking about word of knowledge, and there's prophetic dimensions in a word of knowledge. It's not the same, but let me see if I can explain it this way. So uh, when someone gives a testimony, we begin to see the testimony as God's way of making his will known, thus creating faith that he's going to do the same thing again, because he's no respecter of persons. So let's just say, I give a testimony of how God healed my back. And if you understand the ways of God, which is what we're trying to teach, the ways of God, or you're discipling somebody, and you begin to realize, and some thought goes in you, well, if God can heal him of a back, can he heal me? I've got the same issue. Right? The Bible says in Romans, Revelation 19 and 10, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. What is the testimony of Jesus? The person that is testifying of what Jesus has done. Right? So if a blind person is testifying to how God freed them, then if there are other blind people in the, uh, uh, in the, um, uh, the, the, the hearing of the person that's given the testimony, not only can you have faith, that this is like a word of knowledge, this is like a prophecy, what God has done before, he wants to do again, because what a prophecy does is it creates an environment where God can do again, because the word of knowledge, the word of, uh, uh, the word of God is going forth, the testimony of Jesus is going forth, and when there is prophecy, it creates an environment for God to move. And so when we testify, if somebody's testifying about their blindness, as you are the person that is testifying and how God healed it, can have faith that if God healed me, he will heal you. And you can step out in faith as you give a testimony, but also the people that are hearing the testimony, if they understand and they grow in the knowledge and the ways of God, they can get to a place where they realize, hey, if God can do that for them, he can do that for me. I received that in my life as well. When someone gives a testimony, we can begin to test our bodies if we have the same condition to see if we've been healed. What's the imperative here? We have to give testimonies. You hear what I'm saying? We've got to testify. We've got to tell people what God has done for us. I already told it three years ago. I'm, te I'm teaching, I taught this, uh, when did I teach this last, last September? How many of y'all remember that I taught this last September? One person. Thank you, Beth. Uh, through a word of knowledge, I say, Beth is, are you telling me? No, I'm just kidding. Right? So, and, and that was last September, but if I hadn't told you, you may not have remembered, or it may have come out different. And so a lot of times we say, well, I've already given the testimony, you know? 
but sometimes you've got to hear the word of God again and again so to reinforce what God is wanting you to learn. And as you hear the testimony again, there are new people. The situation is different. The atmosphere is different. And that being at that particular time, there's somebody there that needs to hear what you're saying because God wants to heal them. Acts 10, 44 through 45 says, While Peter was still speaking these words, what was he doing? Speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter. What had happened was he was talking about the Holy Spirit, and when he was talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit fell. It's amazing if you're following God's leadership that, that it almost certainly happens that if I'm talking about salvation, people get saved. If I talk about healing, people get healed. If I talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's amazing how that happens. Well, that's because you're preaching the word. But remember, the testimony is like the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony is like the word of God going forth. And so if your testimony, God healed me of anxiety, God healed me of depression, God healed me of sickness, God healed me of cancer. If your testimony is going forth, ah, could it be that as you testify to st and declare the word of the Lord of what God has done in your life, that somebody else there might receive the same thing? Right? So the last point, the good news received through faith. Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received the sight. And what happened when he received the sight? He followed Jesus. He didn't follow Jesus and then receive the sight. He received the sight and then followed Jesus. Now there's nothing wrong with getting somebody saved and then healing them. Uh, I'm talking about as you follow the leader and pray for them, the Lord heals through you. Uh, but the reality is you can get somebody healed and they'll follow Jesus hopefully at the end. You can do it backwards. Jesus did it that way, right? Because it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. The word of knowledge is God making his will known through one of his disciples that he sees you. Knowing that, we can, like Bartimaeus, be assured that God's purpose is to heal us. The word of knowledge builds our faith, and it's faith that releases the power of God in our lives. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, If you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. So to conclude, the story of blind Bartimaeus is a great illustration of how a word of knowledge works. Bartimaeus was calling out to the Lord. He had a need that Jesus wanted to do something about. Jesus did not go to the blind Bartimaeus, but spoke to one of his disciples and sent him with a message, a word of knowledge, if you will. And Bartimaeus was healed through the word of knowledge that was delivered through a disciple. How God heals can vary, but we focus on today, what we focus on today is healing that is instigated via a word of knowledge. My purpose is that we understand the purpose of the word of knowledge so that we can learn to partner with it. Knowing how God works increases our ability to flow with him and increases the potential to see more people set free from the conditions that they're in. Amen? So what I want to do tonight is I want to pray that God would activate in your life, if you're not already functioning in it, the word of knowledge, and if you are uh, functioning in that, that God would impart greater, uh, a greater anointing in your life for that gift. All right? Now, if you don't want this, don't stand up. But if you want it, and don't, don't do a courtesy stand. Courtesy stand, there's no faith in courtesy stands. Right? <laughs> you know, so if you want 
to flow in this. I can't promise you that you will. I can only promise you that I pray. And as I pray, I believe it's the Lord's will. God uses me sometimes, and he'll use you the same way. Uh, because if you preach something and you believe, it's amazing how God often will do what you're preaching on. Amen? So if you'd like to flow in this gift, then I'd like you to stand. I'm going to pray over you. All right. <laughs> All right. Not a curtsy stand, a courtesy stand. All right. Lord, I thank you that your word is true. I thank you, God, that you've given us the spirit of God. I thank you that uh, the spirit of God in our life empowers us with uh, grace, grace gifts, Lord, the empowerment of God. And Lord, one of your grace gifts that you have me teach on tonight is the word of knowledge. And Lord God, I believe that as I teach on the word of knowledge, you equip, you activate, you impart. And so tonight I pray for your people. And in the name of Jesus, we just release that gift that it would be activated in the lives of your people. We know that it's according to your will, but I believe I'm following your leadership. And so in the name of Jesus, let it be activated in the life of your people and those that are flowing it, God, increase the anointing in their life. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you, God, that you hear our prayers. And I thank you, God, that you have heard and we receive by faith, Father God, your will in Jesus' mighty name.